IBA Talk, the Insurance Business America podcast. With the occurrence of large catastrophic events on the rise, the hardening market, and challenges to investment portfolios, it's critical that commercial properties be insured to value. Many carriers have implemented co-insurance and margin clauses to limit loss exposure when properties are undervalued. And though this may protect the carrier, it's not ideal from a customer perspective. In light of this issue, Thomas Owens of CoreLogic recently sat down with Insurance Business America to discuss why more scrutiny is needed to avoid commercial property under insurance and premium leakage. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Insurance Business America podcast. I'm Alicia Gradkowska, Senior News Editor, and in today's episode, I'm very lucky to be joined by Thomas Owens, Senior Professional in Project Management at CoreLogic. Tom, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Today, we will be discussing why more scrutiny is needed to avoid commercial property under insurance and premium leakage. Tom will outline why it's increasingly critical to ensure commercial properties are insured to value and key steps carriers can take to maintain a healthy portfolio, receive the appropriate premium for the risk, and maintain a positive post-event customer experience in the digital era. So to start off with Tom, I want to ask you, why are commercial property valuations becoming increasingly scrutinized? Sure. You know, in the wake of all of the catastrophes as of late, carriers are starting to see losses where there's a large discrepancy between actual cost to reconstruct and coverage amount provided. Uh, In a recent interview, Michelle Sansone, she's the president of North America Property Business at AXA XL. She stated, you know, we've seen numerous instances where we've gotten claims and the values are a lot higher than what was submitted as part of the schedule. And that's really disturbing because we set those li- set lines on those. We base our engineering surveys on those, and we obviously are charging based on those. And you know, this is really just one of the many examples of large carriers expressing concern regarding undervalued properties. Uh, and aside from the prevalence of after-the-fact observation, there are also several market indicators factoring into the increased focus by carriers and reinsurers to more granularly understand the underlying risks and potential missed premiums associated with insuring commercial properties. And this would include a handful of things like the number of catastrophic total losses that seem to keep increasing in frequency and severity, uh, the transition into a hard market that we've seen as of late, um, both on the commercial and the reinsurance front. Also, losses of investment income returns due to volatile financial markets and low interest rate returns. Uh, There's also increased customer expectations and reputation risk due to social media. So, you know, avoiding a bad customer experience is also very, very important to consider. There's premium leakage due to insufficient coverage or inaccurate occupancy classifications. Also, the entry of insure tech competition into the marketplace. So, identifying opportunities to improve customer experience and capture the appropriate premium for the risk is becoming ever more critical. You know, and this doesn't solely apply to the ability for a carrier to obtain new business and carry a profitable book. Um, Reinsurers are also feeling the pain, so it's reasonable to expect more stringent scrutiny on a carrier's underlying risks that they have on the books. You know, and all of this is aside from the challenges that we're starting to see arising from the pandemic and states attempting to force carriers to pay business interruption regardless of policy language. And this definitely highlights the need to ensure that you have accurate valuations and proper premiums are being charged. Can you give an example of why some commercial properties may be grossly underinsured? Sure. 
actually in a recent portfolio analysis that was provided for a large carrier, uh, we encountered an example existing of multiple buildings in a large multifamily development. And the coverage limit was determined initially by calculating the details of only one of the buildings and then extrapolated to the others without any visualization of the property from above. Uh, they assumed all the buildings were the same while in fact one was actually substantially larger than the others. Um, but the first and largest mistake was assuming that these were typical box-shaped buildings. And, you know, in fact, each building had an atrium uh, and therefore doubled the amount of exterior wall materials in each building. Um, and this highlights the need for accurate construction information about the particular risk where information is sometimes challenging to obtain. And an additional challenge was the presence of attached structures that were not considered in the reconstruction cost estimate. Uh, lastly, the survey of the properties ordered by the carrier also returned a much lower estimate of reconstruction cost than was sufficient for rebuild. You know, and this is generally because the survey approach is focused primarily on risk exposure rather than providing a detailed analysis on uh, the actual reconstruction. Ultimately, the complex was about 43% underinsured. Are there any other contributing factors to properties being underinsured? Yes, actually, there's a number of things that lead to properties being undervalued at the point of bind. You know, I have a list of about eight potential co contributing factors. Uh, number one, lack of information in general on a property being insured at the time of binding coverage. And that's, you know, usually due to either the owner not really being aware of the details of the building uh, in the specifics that we need in order to calculate reconstruction cost, uh, perhaps assumptions made by the broker or the owner, as well as incomplete applications. Uh, secondly, there's many times incorrect or missing information that's used for the estimate. Uh, we usually refer to the core five or, or some of the, the really critical pieces of information that are required for calculating reconstruction costs, such as you know square footage, construction type, year of construction, roof materials, and then your mitigating factors like sprinklers, and also, you know, the cost of elevators and plumbing fixtures is very critical. Um, another problem is a lack of regular portfolio review. So over time, you know, the costs change. Many times only an inflation guard is used to increase coverage limits, which is honestly not sufficient versus performing intermittent portfolio reviews and new reconstruction valuations. Uh, number four, post-CAT event demand surge of building material costs and labor shortages can also increase the, the cost of reconstruction after a major event such as the California campfire. Uh, five, there's changes in ordinance or law, costs of permits that are difficult for a carrier to keep up with on their own. Six, um, proper occupancy classification, which can also change over time, but is very important to determine appropriate machinery and equipment valuation. And also coverage provided sight unseen without verification on smaller properties. And that usually happens due to the cost value benefit is they're not real high premium policies, not quite as lucrative. So um, the cost to, to do an inspection may not be worth it. However, over time that does add up. So what can carriers do to protect themselves? You know, I personally feel that it's no longer enough to rely on large coinsurance and margin clause requirements, as this leads to a sacrifice in customer experience at the time of loss, you know, which is what some carriers experienced after the 2017 and 2018 California wildfires. 
uh, nor is it recommended to solely rely on inflation guards or cost indexes to be sufficient when accounting for changing reconstruction costs. You know, because over time, fluctuations vary greatly, not only by state, but also by locality. Uh, we personally recommend integrating a trusted reconstruction valuation model into point of sale, you know, as well as the renewal workflows. One that will track reconstruction costs on a micro geographical level, which means costs are evaluated locally and they're more specific to the actual risk location. Uh, another recommendation is to utilize a solution that contains a robust commercial prefill. You know, that takes the guest work out of uh, determining a property's attributes. Commercial occupancy is another variable that's also important to pay attention to. Uh, for example, you know, there's a new trend in commercial real estate where they're leasing space under large multi-unit apartments or condos. And the risk of insuring retail space for, let's say, an office would be far less than that for a bakery, for example, which has more expensive and hazardous equipment, you know, let alone the foot traffic increase. Being aware of the additional risks posed by changing or unknown occupancies is critical to making sure that the proper coverage is provided and premium rates are calculated for the actual exposure. Uh, CoreLogix, of course, some of you may be more familiar with Legacy, Marshall, Swift, and Beck. That's for our industry veterans in the audience. Um, but CoreLogix commercial platform is considered the industry standard and is used by 70% of the top 100 PNC characters, carriers rather. It is critical to use a trusted replacement cost calculator supported by accurate inputs and enhanced with other risk factor insights. What can a carrier do today to ensure their book of business is not underinsured or that they're not experiencing premium leakage? Well, we're seeing as more and more carriers are looking to perform an in-depth portfolio analysis, and that's to make sure that their business is not only healthy, but more importantly, that their commercial property owners can be made whole again in the event of a total loss due to a major catastrophic event. You know, this can include running a portfolio batch process, comparing data points to uh, existing information such as construction type, square footage, occupancy, and hazard risk scores because those also change over time. Uh, the comparison will allow carriers to identify and target specific properties that could potentially have large coverage or also risk-bearing discrepancies for further review. Ensuring a risk is properly valued does not stop at the point of policy issuance. I would honestly recommend intermittent portfolio reviews, be it on an annual, semi-annual, or every three years basis. Um, that way you can ensure your property coverage limits are keeping up with the construction, material, labor, and fee cost inflation at local market levels. And, you know, depending on your needs and expectations, we can certainly provide a quick portfolio analysis with uh, Simply Property addresses. Great. Well, thanks so much for your insight today, Tom, and for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the Insurance Business America podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of IVA Talk, presented in partnership with CoreLogic. For more from Tom and the team, visit corelogic.com slash commercial express. That's corelogic.com slash commercial express.